Hey, it's Misty and Liz. We're two women who don't know shit about literature, but we love to hang out and talk about the books we've read. And everything else on our minds. So get cozy, grab a drink, and let's get started. We're back. Hi. How was your Christmas? It was really good. How was yours? It was awesome. <laughs> love it. I'm also really glad that Christmas is over. I like to immediately take down all my Christmas stuff and put it up in the attic and just have my house back and free of Christmas decorations. I'm the same. I love getting up. The first thing I do is turn on my Christmas tree. Make every day until every Christmas. day. The day after Christmas, I'm like, Bleh. This shit has got to go. Done. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then now it's full of all this new Christmas crap for your kids. Yeah, well. I usually make my kids go through and, like, throw stuff out to make room for new stuff, and I haven't even done that. No. Look, I mean, these clothes are still on my bed from the last time we recorded. I mean, where do y'all sleep? Throw them on the chair whenever you leave. They just go back you know, and forth? the chair. Oh, the chair. Yeah, everyone has the chair, right? My cleaning day is on the weekends. If we're busy both days, my house doesn't get cleaned. So if I have a free day, I will put them up. I just don't. At least you washed them. It's a big plus. Mm-hmm. So... Our podcast has over 500 listens at this point. It's so, oh, so good. Isn't that so exciting? That is. And we're like almost to 600. We're not quite there yet. So we're going to go with the 500 mark. But when we started this podcast, I thought, you know how people at football games get so annoyed whenever we sit next to them because we're so obnoxious? Yeah. I was like, no one's going to listen to It's not even us. just a football game. It's our husbands. Sometimes people will join in. And those are fun people. But most of the time, we miss out on everything that goes on around us because we are too caught up in our own stupid antics. We're just making up complete stories. Right. I think the last time we made up some crazy story about fried chicken with the lady sitting behind us. At the football game? I think she even gave our kids money to go get fake fried chicken. Right. And we missed my son's entire football game. Oh, God. It was fun, though. We it, was, football it was very game. fun. I mean, he didn't play, oh, well. but he's still awesome. Speaking of football games, college football is over-ish. Bowl games. College football for LSU. Regular season. <laughs> yeah. It's over. LSU ended 6-6, six and six, so. Mm. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I would like to officially welcome Coach Kelly to Baton Rouge. You know, right off the bat, he does not sound like a cookie monster or a big bird or a Burton Ernie or even those little meep meep people. So I'm kind of mad about it. Well, I think he'll be good. I, I know nothing. Look, my extensive football knowledge comes from me trying to tune my husband out as he tells me important football announcements and fantasy football team picks. Mine is trying to drown out my husband who claps so loud. So loud? How do men clap that loud? Does Jamie clap that loud? so freaking loud. What is, how are you not hurting yourself? We went to Blitz's beta induction and I swear he was louder than the rest of the people. I know. I'm I'm, I'm just like glaring. Like, what? do you have to be so loud? And you breathe loud. Do you want to (laughs) live? That's how I feel. Well, you just ask him for the scale thin ice. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, wait. I have something. I hid something. Okay. <gasps> Thank you. I got you a birthday present. Awesome. I even snuck these scissors in if you needed them. Oh. It doesn't look like you do. <laughs> no, you don't tie a very tight bow. Okay. That's just Oh, this a is heavy. On. What is this, a weight? It's a, it's a paperweight, yes. No. <laughs> it is very heavy. Some cute paper. Oh, thanks. 
You want me to save it for you? I got it from Walmart last night. <laughs> okay, not like the last minute. How many sides did you put to this? Okay, so that I just rolled up. Just rolled it and rolled I it. I see that. It. <laughs> it keeps going. It's the gift that keeps on giving. It does. Birthday candles. Oh, I'm reading and sent uniquely for you. 365 personalized candles. So there's a different scent for every date. Okay. Oh, oh, duh. <laughs> I was like, how do you put 365 different scents in a candle? Yeah. Scents in one? No. I also got one for my stepdaughter. She was born a little bit closer to Christmas, so hers smells more like Christmas. Yours smells really good. They're different. Oh, I, thought they I were love like that a, scent. Isn't it such a good scent? And then if you look at the mm. back, it's got like all this astrological information and like it's such a cute thing. Have you not seen those on Instagram? Uh-uh. They're all over Instagram. Everybody puts these on Bookstagram with their books. Everyone's promoting them. And some people have like multiple cans. I can smell it all the way from over here. It smells so good. The children of December 4th, they always possess some connection to entertainment, whether it's through their sense of humor or their storytelling abilities. Oh, look at us. Entertaining ah, people with our Storytelling humor. and humor. <laughs> That's so sweet. Smells like, like a nice bath. Oh, it smells delish. I like I it. I really do like it. Is that one of those ones that you would not want to use because you wouldn't want to not use it? Right. It would just it would just have dust at the top of it. Let's see what's in here. Okay. <laughs> Look, so that's an Amazon box. Okay. One year things were getting crazy. I used like a Velveeta cheese box. Oh you know how like Velveeta comes and it's like, it's like the, the box the, opens. The open, yeah. Yeah, I used the Velveeta cheese box part to like wrap somebody's present. And I was not buying that shit. I can tell. You know I'm cheap as fuck. <laughs> You're like a step up from a dumpster diver. I really I might have got that out of the dumpster. We don't know. Oh, you know I like a sweatshirt. Uh, yeah. <gasps> And it's in a Barbie print. Jamie did not get that. I'm so excited that you did. Well, duh. I love it. Thank you. I'm it's a, wear it for the it's whole a episode. white sweatshirt and it says bookish, but it's in Barbie a, font. Yeah, in Barbie font. I love it. Okay, that one I also saw on Instagram. I got it from at Heidi Reads a Lot. That's her Instagram handle. And her Etsy store is Ginger Wolf. So she's actually got a bunch of bookish items for sale. That's so cute. I loved it. I do too. Thank you so much. I love it. Now I immediately knew that's what that was. Good. Because Jamie was like, I don't get it. Like it that's just was you're bookish. a dude. Like, I don't know why he needs to be a valley girl. I don't he's, get more, it. he's more female than we are. <laughs> Thank you so much. I love my treats. I came over for birthday cake tonight, and Liz makes the best birthday cake. And so she made me a devil's food birthday cake and some Chinese food. Mm. Best night ever. <laughs> Good. I'm hoping to get a tree for my birthday. A tree? I want a tree in my yard. Not like a Christmas tree. Okay. I want a magnolia tree, mm -hmm. but Jamie wants a cypress tree. So oh, shit. I'll let so y'all are getting a cypress tree? <laughs> yeah, I'll let you know when the cypress tree gets planted. <laughs> let me know where you're putting that cypress tree at. <laughs> no, I wanted a magnolia, but apparently they've got like little pine cone thingies. They drop you know, pine cone things. roaches like to live in magnolia trees. Look that. We're getting a cypress so tree. Just letting you know. I don't remember that. I do remember our neighbors had a magnolia tree that was really fun to climb because they've got lots of branches. Uh -huh. But they also had a palm tree and the roaches would fly out from underneath. You know how palm trees have like the little, they're almost like you can stick your hand up underneath the little barks. Yeah. Flying fucking roaches would come out of there like full throttle. That's just, 
That's uh, it was horrible. Awful. But that magnolia tree was fun to climb. But y'all played with the roaches? Fuck no. Oh. No, 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 no. I yeah. hate a roach. It's my worst fear. Oh, a snake could come in here and I would be scared. A roach would come <laughs> in here. like... I'd be like, Ladies. you can slither your way on out. A roach coming here. And there will be an outline roaches? of my body in this wall. Like the Kool-Aid man? Like the Kool-Aid man. <laughs> so we started watching The Witcher. I know we're like really far behind. The Witcher's horse's name is Roach. Yeah. I thought that was really funny. <laughs> so we're like two or three episodes in. And I did not realize that the guy that plays The Witcher is actually Henry Cavill. Cavell. Chevelle. Henry Chapel Cavill C A V E L L. Okay. I don't. Anyway, he was fucking Superman. So like, huh. I'm like, I wonder if the Witcher's gonna take his shirt off. I'm just not good at watching TV. I know. I, I'm not a good TV watcher because when I sit, I feel like I need to be doing something else and I can't relax. Or somebody texts me and then I pick up my phone and like four hours later the show's over. I missed all of it and I'm just pointlessly on Instagram. <laughs> that or I fall asleep. If I have Netflix on. It's like a whole fucking ordeal to come up with what I'm going to watch. It's like stressful. Oh, too much. Because then it's, it's like I'm going to pick something that I really want to watch. Then I got to watch it. And like, do I want to commit to this? Then, I'm just like, fuck it. I don't feel like even fucking dealing with this anymore. I think yeah. that's why I don't watch TV. Because it's like too hard. I was listening to the podcast, All Bets Are Off. And they were talking about if they could pick out TGIF lineups. Mm-hmm. What they would pick, and they were saying some of their just like all time favorite shows. And I completely forgotten about I Love Lucy. Remember how obsessed I was with I Love Lucy when I was little? No, I remember you're obsessed with Batman. Oh, yeah, Batman <laughs> loved him, but like the Adam West, like, oh, cheesy yeah, like Batman. pow, boom, kapow. Every time we would go to grandmother's, grandmother had Nick at night, so I would watch I Love Lucy. Do you remember the one where they're like stomping the grapes to make wine? To make, vaguely. Anyway, I forgot about I Love Lucy and I decided that I need to get I need to get that box set because I Love Lucy is like gold. It comes on like early in the mornings on some channels, I know. What's up, Rock Soldiers? If you're looking for some horror movies, professional wrestling, rock and roll music, and some good old 80s and 90s nostalgia, then you're looking for the All Bets Are Off podcast. This is the rock star Robbie Vegas, your weekly host, and I'm bringing you the best interviews and all of the above, plus some fun episodes, drafts, all kinds of good stuff going on over here, and we highly recommend you check us out for one reason. We are fun. So interact with us on social media at ABAOPod. Follow us on all major podcast apps and let us know what you think of the show. We're looking forward to hearing from you and we're looking forward to you hearing us. I did have some other things to tell you for this episode. Goodreads announced their winners in all of their categories. Right. And historical fiction, The Four Winds, was in there. But Malibu Rising by Taylor Jenkins Reid won out. Uh. I did not realize that Malibu Rising was historical fiction. Um, did you? Know, you? I thought it was a like a... 
See, this is what I get for just judging a book. I thought it was like some silly little beach read. Right. Okay. So we uh, actually won this this book on Instagram from Mama Rissa. Like her Instagram handle is Mama Rissa, and it's people we meet on vacation. I think last episode I said we won beach read, mm-hmm. but. That's Emily Henry's other book. Okay. And it looks a lot like it does. The, people we I know Beach Read looks like that book. Yes. So Beach Read and Malibu Rising remind me of each oh, other. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I thought they so were. So I guess I just didn't realize that was historical fiction. A couple other ones. Fiction, Beautiful World, Where Are You by Sally Rooney. Okay. One. Mystery slash thriller is The Last Thing He Told Me by Laura Dave. That one reminds me of... The cover of it reminds me of Everything I Never Told You by Celeste Ng. You never read that one, did you? Yeah. That was the same author as Little Fires Everywhere. I I liked that one. I did not like Little Fires Everywhere. Okay. Romance, People We Meet on Vacation Mm -hmm. by Emily Henry. Have it in my hand right here. Science Fiction is Hail Mary by Andy Weir. That sounds cool. I didn't realize he's the guy that wrote The Martian. Oh. I didn't. I did. I read that. Did you like it? I loved it. That one's been on my TBR list for a hot minute, and I didn't realize that Hail Mary was like a this year book. I didn't either. Um, Horror, The Final Girl Support Group by Grady Hendrix. I'm sure you've seen that. That one's been all over Instagram lately. It's like a like one little fold-up chair on the cover, and I think it's like a red cover with like a fold-up chair on it. I'm sure if I saw it, I would know. We should try to read that one like next Halloween-y. Okay. Um, let's see. Humor. The book called Broken by our girl Jenny Lawson. Oh, Jenny! I didn't. Okay, yes, I, queen. Yes, I'm kind of like out of it. I didn't realize that she was like actively writing right ah, now. Okay, I didn't realize that she had any recent books out. So I just, I guess, I haven't looked into it. Um, let's see. Any more of interest? Uh, they did a graphic novel, which is it was Laura Olympus by Rachel Smith. Dune was next up. Ah. Did you see Dune? I saw the original Dune. I haven't seen the new one. That looks like a movie that our sons would like. I know. I see it. I'm like, Jax would like that, even though I don't know if he would. But I liked the original one. I like that Jason Momoa's in it. So I can just watch that with, like, sound off. Horn dog. Um, oh, another one that I wanted to mention was the poetry winner was The Hill We Climb, an inaugural poem for the country by Amanda Gorman. She was the first person to be named National Youth Poet Laureate, and she delivered the poem at Biden's inauguration, which I didn't actually listen to it, but I do remember seeing oh, her. Oh, yeah, at I the remember podium. hearing about that. Yeah. She's she like did a, a great job. Sweet. You, did you listen to it? Yeah, it was awesome. She's a sweet little girl. How old is she? She's like 12 or something. She's so young. So I thought that was so sweet that she won the, the poetry, not even like kids' poetry or anything. Like she won the poetry. Well, I'm intimidated. Uh, right? Like, what's she going to do as she gets, like, what's 15 going to hold? Best Young Adult Fiction was Firekeeper's Daughter by Angeline Booley. I keep seeing that one all over Instagram, too. It's got a really pretty cover. It's, like, very symmetrical. Okay. <laughs> and colorful. So, I am 1,000% for judging a book by its cover. No, I do. I do it all the time. So. All right. Let's get into this book. <laughs> we read... The Home for Unwanted Girls by Joanna Goodman. And I do want to add a trigger warning here. This book does talk about rape and sexual abuse and physical abuse and verbal abuse and just throwing that out there. I feel like I'm like highly triggered by rape. Like as far as a rape scene goes, it wasn't bad. It was like two paragraphs 
it was not highly graphic and it didn't last long. No. It kind of glazed over it a little bit. So I was appreciative of that because they got to it and I was like squirming. Like, I was like, no, I was fast forward. Yeah. Fast forwarded through my book that I was reading. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So Joanna Goodman is originally from Montreal, but she now lives in Toronto with her husband and two children. She has written six novels, including The Finishing School, Harmony, You Made Me Love You. She has been writing since she was five. Well, Joanna. Is that Come on now. She said she started her first novel at nine. She didn't finish it. I think she said she finished her first novel at like 15 or something ridiculous. But she's just like, if you want to be a writer, write and do not stop. Just keep on writing. Good for you, Joanna. I know. Kicking ass. So she's been writing since she was five, and she actually owns a linen store in Toronto. Really? Like a bedding store? Yeah. Or like linen, like actually like linen. I think so. I think she's pretty guarded because I was trying to find just like some cool facts about her, and pretty much everything is just like, she's originally from Montreal, but she now lives in Toronto with her husband and two kids. (laughs) Joanna wants some, she wants to look, look, she's trying to lay low. But there were a ton of articles with her being interviewed about like the hottest new bedroom trends and this and that and like what kind of textures go good in a house. Anyway, she's like. She's a writer slash decorator. Yes. She's just like you. Y'all are like besties. Joanna, you live in my life over there. This book. Oh, shit. I didn't write it down. There's a second book to this book that we just read. So there's a second book to the Home Front Wanted Girls. It picks up with some of these same characters. Really? Where's my phone? No, I, I didn't know that. It. Okay, let's see. Oh, it's on my Goodreads. Oh. Okay, so the second book is called The Forgotten Daughter. I think I saw that. The cover looks similar. It's like somebody with their hands behind their back. So it picks up with one of the characters. So some of her favorite authors are John Irving, Margaret Atwood, who I'm pretty sure is the freaking Handmaid's Tale book. Mm-hmm. I know you love it. <sighs> that was a really weird noise. Oh, God. You despise it. I know. Um, Jane Austen, Mordecai Richler, Eliza Clark. I meant to look up books that these people had written, and I forgot to. <laughs> this book is actually based on her mother. I read that too. Her mother would be Maggie in the book. She grew up half French and half English in Quebec. Her father was a lot like the father in the book that we're going to talk about. But then she had also researched this whole like premise of the orphan scandal and just mm-hmm. threw that in. So I don't think her <laughs> mother threw that in there. I don't think her mother got... I she's associated this, with this, but... I think her mom kind of planted the seed for the yeah. book, but then, like, that was it. Oh, here it is. The Forgotten Daughter. I did write it down. I just wrote it down way down the page. Yeah, her mom... I feel like these are spoilers for, like, what you're going to do. Um, blah, 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 blah. All right. We'll let, we'll let you go. Tell us about this book. Okay. Well, The Home for Unwanted Girls, it's a big, thick book. It's 300 and something pages long. I forget. Mm-hmm. But... I read it on vacation, like, super quick. Yeah, it's definitely, it's, like, heavy content. It is. But it's... I was not expecting it to be as heavy. I mean, the name of it's kind of heavy, but I was not expecting straight-up historical fiction, true facts kind of story. It takes place in post-World War II Quebec. So it is a historical fiction. I would expect nothing less from you. You know me. Mm-hmm. During this time, French and English speakers were divided so there's Maggie. She's the mom. 
Well, she's the daughter. Well, she's the daughter, but she becomes a mom. As they do. They do. (laughs) I guess I'll kind of start with what was going on during this time. So there was the Duplessis orphans. So this was 20,000 Canadian children who were wrongly certified as mentally ill by the government of Quebec. This was like a real thing that happened. They were confined to psychiatric institutions. They were started off as orphans and then were relabeled. So I think I read somewhere that orphanages received like a dollar twenty-five per orphan. But then when they switched them over to mentally ill patients, they received like two dollars seventy-five cents per person. A nineteen ninety-nine report showed the mutual benefit of this arrangement is estimated that the Catholic Church made at least seventy million dollars in subsidies. Okay, so the state was paying the Catholic Church. So this was done to misappropriate subsidies from the federal government. That was the whole reason that this was done. This was during the 1940s and 1950s. They're called the Duplessis Orphans because this happened under the Quebec Governor Maurice Duplessis. Survivors, orphan survivors, 80% said that they suffered a traumatic experience between ages 7 and 18. Yeah, and they, a lot of them had like PTSD and just like a lot of long-term effects from this. Over 50% said they experienced physical, mental, or sexual abuse. And 78% said they had issues functioning in society. That is insane. Insane. So Maggie Hughes. Maggie is raised middle class. She has a French mother and a English father. She chooses to be English. Well, her dad kind of. Your English. Kind of forces her to. Right. But it seems as though the French are more of the lower class and the English are, they say English, but I think they mean like English speaking. Right. He says that French boys don't finish school and have rotten teeth by 40. Their mom says that their dad dresses them all English. And you know what this reminded me of is, Mm -hmm. have you ever watched anything about Amish people? Mm -hmm. And they refer people like Americans. They call them all English. Right. And I'm like, we're, we're not English. We're American. We speak English. I mean, these people are Canadian. Right. But yeah, they, they call them by their language. Right. I think that's so strange. Jamie used to watch those weird Amish, the Amish gangsters. Right. Oh my God. And they would talk about the English all the time. And I'm like, but it, n- no. No, we're, we're not, not English. No. We're not English. No, cheerio. I did, we no. didn't talk like this. Well, look at us. Boy. We were just really just pigeonholing English people right now. <laughs> So the father is prejudiced against French, which is ironic because he is married to a French woman. French woman. And he prides himself in being bilingual. He makes a big deal about his sign outside of his store being in both English and French because he says, like, that you need to cater to your customers and he knows how to do it. He knows that a lot of his customers are going to be French speaking. So he prides himself in knowing French. But he's a jerk. To French people. I didn't get the impression he was, like, such a jerk to French he's people. He's not a jerk to them, but he's he thinks they are beneath him. Like, behind closed doors. Oh, yeah. He's prejudiced. For sure. Next door to Maggie and her parents is Gabriel. Maggie and Gabriel have, I guess, like, a summer romance. Mm-hmm. And she like gets strawberry pregnant. Strawberry wine. Yep. And she gets, she gets pregnant, poor Mary. Maggie. <laughs> 17. Yeah. Do you know the person that sings Strawberry Wine is... My friend Jesslyn's cousin. Deanna, Deanna something. Womack? Is that her name? I don't know. The night before Thanksgiving, Jamie and I drank like um, three bottles of wine and made homemade mac and cheese and had a charcuterie board and we turned on 90s country and danced all around the kitchen and strawberry wine came on. So I'm like, 
furiously texting Jesslyn and being like, did I make this fact up or is this lady really your cousin? And she's like, no, that's my cousin. <laughs> and I also decided I really want an achy breaky heart t-shirt. <sighs> Continue on. Okay. So. <laughs> You're new fun. Now. That- <gasps> Second wind. Woo. <laughs> she said coffee. I passed. <laughs> Should have had some coffee. I know, I know. So she gets pregnant, poor Maggie. And her parents give her two options. She can either give up the baby to an orphanage or she can go live in poverty with Gabriel. So she's pretty much trapped by these social structures. Deanna Carter. Oh, well, Mac. (laughs) Yeah, Deanna Carter is seeing strawberry wine. Okay. Y'all can get off the edge of your seat. (laughs) (laughs) So they tell her, give up the baby or go live in poverty. I had serious four winds flashbacks because the dad even says, if you have this baby, you are not my daughter. I thought about the four winds. Definitely had four wind. Mean dad. Underage pregnancy. Well, no, because she wasn't underage. She was like 24. Yeah, they treated her. But they treated her like she was 10. Yeah, yeah. So she, she ends up having a dollar. Her name's Elodie. Daughter? Did I say that? <laughs> I thought you said she had a dollar. <laughs> Poor thing only has a dollar. <laughs> She's going to go live in French poverty with her dollar. So she chooses Gabriel. <laughs> no. So she doesn't want to be disowned. So she does give up the baby. They which don't is... even let her hold her. No. And you know what? This is ironic to me. Because she she doesn't want to be disowned. So she gives up her daughter. Yeah. And that to me it was like, wait. Okay. But you did skip the rape scene. Yeah. Oh, did you do that on purpose? Yeah. We Go ahead. So she gets sent to her aunt and uncle's house to keep her separated from Gabriel. And they had had sex at that point. But then also her uncle rapes her pretty soon after she gets there. So she's not sure if this baby is Gabriel's or if it's her uncle's. And she tells her mom and her mom is like, we're not telling anyone because your dad will kill him. And your aunt will be very upset that her husband cheated on her. With you. Yeah, I think her first question was, what did you do? Ugh. So her mom sweeps it under the rug, doesn't say anything, just tells her to... Suck it up! Get a grip and bite your lip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she does have a daughter, Elodie. She does ask about her, and she's told that she's passed away. We find out that's not true. But years pass, and she's constantly, like, haunted by Elodie. Like, she's... She wants to find her. Nothing in her life is right because she gave her up for adoption. Or she, well, she didn't. She put her in an orphanage. She separated from Gabriel. She does remarry like a wealthy man. She marries a wealthy man. Yes, because she was never married to Gabriel. Mm -hmm. But it was someone that her father approved of. She does find out that the orphanages are being turned into middle institutions. And she starts getting this like nagging Oh yeah, then she's like got some fire in her ass. So poor Elodie. It's like the point of view of one orphan during this time so she's abused and she witnesses a whole bunch of traumatic events she was raised by nuns everything was pretty good there was a day when they were all at school i think she was around seven it was just a normal day and then all of a sudden they stopped teaching and they told them that they were no longer orphaned and that they were now mentally retarded and while they were like putting bars on the window and they immediately brought in like elderly, mentally ill patients and they made her help bathe them and take care of them right. at the first orphanage. And then I think she said that she didn't go outside for years because then she was mentally retarded. Yeah, because they completely reclassified her. And also, I was reading too that a lot of these kids that were classified as mentally unstable during this time are still classified 
classified as that. Really? If they're alive. Mm-hmm. Wow. Like, they still have that, like, in their, I don't know, their file or whatever. Their IEP. <laughs> as an adult, even though if they weren't, that's how they are seen. That is so crazy. So, like I said, Maggie does get married. She marries a wealthy man, but she does always wonder about her daughter. Her daughter ends up getting sent to the Children's Psychiatric Institute in Montreal. So she was at the first orphanage, which they converted to a mental hospital and then she got sent to another one it was like by the thousands that these kids were rebranded just for money and she's told to by one of the nuns that her mother died during childbirth that she doesn't have a mom right so her mom's trying to find her she's she's wondering about her mom and both of them are told that they're 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 each dead they're purposely kept apart which these nuns seem to hate these people so much why are they trying to keep them there i know like, like it seems so like mean it seems like if you hate them so much let them go right like your mom's here come get you bye but they hate them so much that they want to torture them i know because the nuns see elodie as a product of sin and that's how she is treated can you imagine if we were held responsible for our mother's sins God, we'd still be working it off Oh, my God. We would be in straight jackets. We would. Constantly. So decades pass. The story does shift back and forth between the two women. So one chapter is Maggie. The next one's Elodie. And then Maggie and Elodie. And it goes back and forth. The story does focus more on Maggie. I do wish that there was more on Elodie. Just throwing that out there. So when I was reading a little bit about the author, I think that the reason it doesn't focus so much on Elodie is because it was just too heartbreaking to put in all those details of what had happened to the Duplessis orphans. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, the story is called Home for Unwanted Girls. That's true. So it should focus more it on should, her. I thought it would focus more, just kind of looking back. Not more girl on, forced to give up her child. It was like, I want to hear about you, Maggie. I want to hear about, not even more about Elodie, just around that situation. Now, you did this and I did this too. This book inspired me to look up more details about the Duplessis orphans. So I kind of did my own research just because I thought that was really interesting. Can't believe I've never heard of that before. Me either. Me either. Absolutely. I was... So many things I don't know. I know. I'm dumb. So Elodie and her friends are drugged to go to sleep. Every single night. Every night. They can get in trouble for anything. Like some of the punishable offenses are like asking questions and bedwetting. But you're drugged. So that's going to happen. Also, if somebody else does something then you you, can be right held responsible exactly those who complained were punished in straitjacket put in ice baths electric shock drug experiments and testing and they weren't they didn't have an education there like they weren't in school or anything like that i do like that the book exposes like human rights violations during this period does like shine a lot of light on what was going on during this time you and i we don't cover quebec history no we don't i don't know without this book if i would have ever heard about this so once maggie gets married to roland he wants her to quit her job and start a family pretty soon afterwards and she's not ready because she's still kind of she's not over elodie which i don't know if you would ever get over your child but it just seems like it's too soon for her right and she knows her boundaries but she does get pregnant several times has several miscarriages. So at 14, Elodie is working in the asylum's sewing shop. She's trying to avoid torture and being assaulted by the male caretakers and mistreatment by the nuns at 14. I don't understand how the nuns are so mean because they're supposed to be like women of God. Well, and they were taken care of her not that long ago. I didn't go to Catholic school. We live in Louisiana. Like our counties are parishes. Like mm-hmm. our state is very deep into the Catholic church. But I've only gone to Catholic church like a handful of times with friends. I've never been around nuns, but apparently nuns are like awful. 
I've never heard any. They don't have a good reputation. I've never heard any of my Catholic school friends be like, oh my God, I loved Sister So and So. It's always, (laughs) oh my God, you got to watch out for Sister So and So. She'll hit your knuckles with rulers. I've only heard bad things. Awful things. So, like, what drives someone to become a nun? I feel like I'm really close to being a nun. You need, like, some guidance? No, just celibate. (laughs) 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 Isn't that it? I don't know. I'll have, to, I'll have to look up the requirements for nunnery. And so Maggie's she doesn't love her new husband like she loved Gabriel. Elodie and Gabriel, I think she felt like were her real family. Yeah. And this wasn't it. This was like playing house. Yeah. Like this is imaginary. This is not. This is like not, a sitcom family. <laughs> yeah. This is a TGIF <laughs> lineup here. Uh-huh. And I could see that too. She was forced to give up the people that she really loved the most because of her dad. And to keep up appearances. So years later, Gabriel and Maggie get back together and they go looking for Elodie. Oh, it's important to note that Maggie, she leaves her husband for Gabriel and then finds out pretty shortly afterwards that she's pregnant. So I found it really interesting that she had several miscarriages with this Roland guy, and he kept making it sound like it was her fault. Like, oh, you're gardening too much. Like, gardening is not... <laughs> it's not strenuous. I, I mean... Not the way I do it. Shit, I was walking around the LSU lakes. That's like a five-mile walk, like, a, the day before I had my children. Like, it's not like you're bedridden when you're pregnant. I mean, you can have... Right, you happen, can be. But a normal pregnancy, mm-hmm. like... You can garden. You're, yeah. You're sitting there pulling You can't jump on the trampoline, but you can go plant some pansies. Right. So we made it sound like it was her fault that she was having all these miscarriages. But really, as soon as she gets back together with Gabriel, it takes like one or two sessions and like she's, she's knocked pregnant. up again. Yeah. So I thought that that was kind of an interesting detail. It reminded me of whenever kings would behead their wives because they didn't give him a son. But it's actually their fault. They're, they don't have control of that. No one does. But if anyone has any control of that, it's the man. It's exactly. the man's fault. You know why you keep getting daughters? Because you keep shooting exes. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, like, that's kind of what it reminded me of. Hypocritical. Exactly. I think Gabriel even says it. She marries Gabriel. She has children with Gabriel. Elodie gets out of the orphanage and has a daughter, Nancy. Do you have anything to say about Elodie having a daughter? She's very low self-esteem, obviously. She ends up meeting this guy who's basically on a I'm going to war party and sleeps with them because he made her feel special, which it didn't take much. All he had to do was like basically talk to her like a human. And then she was just like, eh, it's not like I'm a virgin. One of the people from the institutions took that from me whenever I was like 15. Just the, nonchalant. the way she thought about it was just so, girl, come on, mm-hmm. hold your head up so your crown doesn't fall off. Like, yeah. stop She's, acting like that, which I understand it's like a product of the situation, but it's one of those, just one of those sad moments. You want to shake Like, her. you're worth more. And the guy ended, he sounded like a nice guy, which I think they spent a weekend together. Yeah, but he didn't sound like a total loser. No, he seemed like a pretty good guy, as much as you can know someone in a weekend. Right. A little 48-hour thing here. I just thought that was sad. It was a weekend, and she felt, she was starting to feel good about herself because somebody was giving her a little bit of attention. But I thought it was so admirable that... Even though she was scared to death to just basically walk down the street, you know, a year or two ago when she got out of the orphanage, she's now taking on having a child because she could never subject somebody else to that. Yeah, she doesn't want to continue the cycle. She's like, I will raise this child by myself. I am not 
putting her there. And she <clears> had no resources. Think no. about all the things Maggie had whenever she gave up Elodie. I know. And then Elodie has nothing. nothing. And she keeps Nancy. Yeah. I felt like through the book that Maggie was kind of like, meh. And Elodie's like the real hero. Not that it, it was her fault, but, you know, she had parents and she gave the baby up because of like social standards. Meanwhile, Elodie is being mistreated and everything. And Maggie doesn't really have to go through near as much as her daughter does. The whole time I was just like, God, Maggie. I mean, like she didn't know what was going on. No, but then it's also that thing of... You never know what you can handle until you're given it. I don't know. I just kind of, I saw Maggie as like, oh, she's strong. But Elodie is like super strong. So then somebody's running an ad looking for a little girl named Elodie born around this time, blah, 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 blah. And it ends up being an ad looking for her. She immediately calls me as soon as she reads the article. And Elodie kind of kind of asks like, well, how are you related to me? Are you like my aunt or something? And she's like, yes. I think mm-hmm. Maggie just doesn't want to scare her away. Yeah, she's it's like, she's like here. whatever you see a stray dog and yeah. you like don't want to make any like sudden movements yeah just like whatever you yeah 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 that's fine and so she does meet maggie and gabriel and maggie does tell her i am your mother and they just like collapse into each other's arms and then asks for her forgiveness and that's literally i think there's like a chapter after that no that's it like that's it that's how it ends the end the, the ending was a little abrupt it was that was one of my complaints with the book is that Elodie comes over to meet them for the first time and she ends up staying the night and that was it I wanted to know tomorrow what happened next Does she week, meet Nancy what happened do her and Nancy move in mm-hmm. with with Maggie well I guess Gabriel. we gotta read the, forgotten, the daughter. forgotten Daughter well I'm under the impression the Forgotten Daughter picks up like years later it literally goes from when Maggie meets Gabriel till they're reunited with Elodie and like that's it. Mm-hmm. And it just stops. And I thought I had more pages, but it was like five pages of acknowledgments. I know. I called you and I was like, oh, I have 80 pages left. Blah, blah, blah. Like I'll finish this one in like two or three days. And then that night I finished it. And I was like, Where, where's the rest of my book? I know. Like mm. this, this library book here, people rip the pages out. No, it just ended. <sighs> it's, it's obviously. <laughs> no, it does end like that. My copy was the same as yours. Oh, damn it. I did like it. I, I liked it enough to pretty much read it again to talk about it. I liked that it brought up the Duplessis orphans because, again, I wouldn't have known about them. I honestly didn't know about the... So the English and the French, to me, reminded me of American South, black and Mm -hmm. white. There was a lot of the English looking down on the French real hard. Oh, yeah. Treating them like shit. That was... That was a lot in the book. A lot of class things. Oh, like for sure. Clothes and, and everything. As I'm reading the book, I did not want to put it down. No, I could read really, yeah. so much of this book. And the only thing that stopped me was it was midnight and I had to wake up in five hours to work. Or I had to go put my book down so I could drive home or something. And I really wanted to. It was a page turner for sure. But I think you're right. It should have probably had more of the details about Elodie in it and specifically more of like what the Duplessis orphans went through. Right. That's just really yeah. hard subject matter. Though. Oh, so for like, sure. But they didn't have, she didn't have to necessarily have everything that with Elodie had to be about some kind of abuse. Like what was she thinking about her mother and more about those kind of things, not just another day of being 
beaten. This book really made me think about, do you remember that orphanage in Alexandria on Masonic Drive Mm -hmm. whenever we were growing up? Every time I passed by there, I would always think like, what are those kids in there doing? And there were not kids in there. (laughs) I think the kids were all gone by like the early 90s. Yeah, it was pretty... Or so. So by the time I remember it, there weren't kids in there. But I actually got online and there's a forum. Some of the people there will be like, I grew up here. My my brother and I grew up here. We went to Cherokee Elementary. It was really weird to read. But Canada does not have orphanages anymore. And the U.S. doesn't either. We've both moved to like foster care systems, which... I don't who's to say if that's better or not. I have no idea. I'm yeah. not in either of those things. I can see positives and negatives for both. I was always so intrigued by that place. And you know they turned that orphanage into, into an apartment, apartment complex. Yeah. Of all things. So weird. What went on that now you live in? I don't know. Ooh. Is it haunted? I don't think the orphanage got any bad press or anything. When I was little, I used to think orphanages were so fun. And I think it's because grandmother would always read us Madeline books. Oh, yeah. Madeline. Yeah. Madeline was an orphan and always thought it would be so fun to grow up in a dorm with like 12 other girls. Mm-hmm. And walk in a single file line. So I I, always, I think that's where I got that idea. So I'd always pass by and be like, ooh, I wonder what fun games oh, they're playing. It's just all little kids. Yeah, all, it's like fun constant, and games all the time. Constant party. Right, right, right. <laughs> She's your I friend. She's with your friends. Now you think orphanage and you think like abuse. mistreatment and yeah. abuse and everything. It's weird how your perspective shifts. So I did like it. I liked it a lot. There were some little glaze over parts. Uh, I wish the end would have kept going for a while. I would have liked the end so gone for like another two chapters. Just that. I want to know what happened. Like, is Maggie a good grandmother to Nancy? What about Gabriel and Na- Elodie? Elodie. Because Gabriel like, seems like such a good dad. Right. So like, how, what, how did their relationship evolve? Gabriel himself seems like such a brooding character. And there is a softer side to him, but I don't think that he's fully developed enough. I don't think so either. I think Maggie is the only one who is just fully developed. The rest of them could have used a little bit more like... I don't even think Elodie was. No. No, not at all. Just Maggie. Yeah. She also grew up underneath that, you know, survival instinct. So she might not have had that much character to dive into because she doesn't know herself. Maybe, but I think that I would have appreciated a little bit more into her personality and yeah, and how she thought. Like, did she have a hobby? Was there something that helped her get through it? So I think that's one reason I liked the weekend she spent with the American boy because it seemed like... It, like, humanized her. She was finally yeah. free. She felt pretty. She got to just be, like, an, your average woman. So during that time was the only time that you really see her happy. And the rest of the time, it's like, what am I going to do? I'm so scared. I don't know how to handle this. <laughs> you know, just like a little scared puppy. I do wish that they had just a little bit more. If she had just kind of shown us a little bit more to her than just the orphan. So how many stars do you get this book? Um, Three. Yeah. I couldn't decide between three, three or four. And four. I think three. But it was such a page turner, like while you're reading it. Oh, it was. The historical context of it, I appreciate because I did not know about any of that. And I feel like everyone should know that because it's what a piece of history that is just swept under the rug. For that, I give it four stars. For the story of Maggie, three. If her purpose was to expose the Duplessis orphans, I guess there's a little bit more that she could have done with it. And it did. It did. It got people talking about it. I did find this one 
one-star review on Goodreads from Audrey, and it says, clean readers beware. What? Okay. <laughs> also, clean listeners beware, because I think I've said fuck like 27 times. Yeah, so I'm high- like competing with Scarface at this point. <laughs> Sadly, like a trucker with lot lizards. <laughs> Sadly, I never finished this book. I really loved what I read of this book. This story totally deserves a high rating. My only hesitation with it is the swearing. What? I don't know how many books. Most books have cuss words, don't they? I don't remember very many in this book. I think that they said fuck a couple times. Okay. Well, so did we. (laughs) Especially taking the Lord's name in vain. GD word is so offensive. And the graphic sex scene between Gabriel and Maggie and when she catches her dad in his office. I don't remember that being graphic. I think I remember like, obviously she walks in on somebody giving her dad a blowjob. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it was like the woman stands up and wipes her mouth or something. It's not, yeah. it's not graphic. I totally believe these scenes can be put in the book without descriptions for those that like a cleaner read. Judge me how you will, but these descriptions were too much for me. I had to put the book down. Never finish. And I'll have to steer clear of Joanna Goodman's books. Again, great author, but sadly, too much swearing and sex. Prude. I just don't remember the... That's not what you're supposed to get from it. What's it called? It's it's not... It's not Fifty Shades of Grey. I mean, this is a home for unwanted girls. Yeah, it's not... Wait, what are those books called? Erotic? Yeah, it's not erotic fiction. It's historical fiction, Audrey historically people have had sex historically they have historically blowjobs have been given i've heard about them not to be confused with blow pops no this does not strike me as a book that was full of sex and language i just thought that was a funny review because i was like what kind of books does this person read on a normal basis i know like is this your first time with like an actual like adult book don't you better not go into young adult because God. young adult can get pretty spicy sometimes. To me, that's not a takeaway from the book that I would. Your focus is on the wrong thing. Oh, look, that's all I got. I'm out. I got one page. So what's our next book? What is it? What's that blue one? The Song of Achilles. We're going to do The Song of Achilles in January and then one more book you've got to pick out. So we're definitely going to do The Song of Achilles. I'm pretty sure that one's another one like The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, where we are the last ones to read that. So everybody else <laughs> has already read that. Okay. Well, we're joining the club. Yeah, we're going to join that club. And then we're going to – we'll figure out what our, what our other one is. And I think that's about it. Happy New Year. Well, happy New Year. Welcome 2022. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Check us out on the socials, Facebook and Instagram, at Talk and Shittature, and Twitter, at Talk Shittature. See you next year. <laughs> <laughs>